Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. The St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, in partnership with Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network, present a podcast for divorced and separated Catholics. Hello and good evening. Welcome to a podcast from the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. My name is Anne DeSantis. It's great to be here with you on this evening, whether you're joining us live or if this is on demand. We are a foundation. We're all about reaching out to families in crisis. And our initial mission has been to families and individuals who are affected by divorce and separation. So we meet every single first Tuesday of the month at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It is a one-hour podcast. And if you are on YouTube, we invite you to bring your questions to us. Our spiritual moderator, Father Ken Breen, is here with us live, as well as myself watching this podcast and there to answer any of your questions. We're so excited because this evening we have for you a wonderful Catholic author and speaker and a great friend of the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation. Her name is Rose Sweet. Many of you are familiar with her. You can learn about her on her website at rosesweet.com. And she, of course, is also on all the social media platforms at Rose Sweet. So Rose, I want to welcome you. Thank you so much for joining us on this evening. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm really excited about this topic that we're going to tackle. It's so needed, isn't it? It is definitely needed. And the Holy Spirit enlightened you, Rose, that uh, we could do this series. It, it is a 12, uh, a 12 a mission series, 12 steps to a new life for those who are affected by divorce. After divorce, we will say. And so today will be that first introductory podcast where we're gonna talk about it. You're gonna learn about uh, the series and invite you to come back. So whether you're listening live or you're gonna be going onto our YouTube channel to listen, uh, I invite you to do that. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Philly Nonatus. So, and we would love to have you become a part of our mission. And please also like, if you would, all of our social media platforms at St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation. So we'll start out with you, Rose. <laughs> so great to have you here. Please tell our listeners about you and your ministry. Um, I'm a Catholic author, speaker, and life slash <clears throat> relationship coach. Uh, and I've been in this for over 30 years, uh, primarily because I messed up my own life. I am a cradle Catholic who loved Jesus and Mary and um, never officially left the church, but I was swept away by the culture and my own pride and desire for happiness on my own terms. And I went through divorce more than once. Um, I've been through annulment. Um, I was confused. I didn't understand the church teachings. And then, of course, connected with all, you know, divorce and marriage and annulment is sex. Uh, and I discovered John Paul II's beautiful theology of the body. Uh, and I entered into a long period of learning as a Catholic woman what it means to be Catholic and what it means to be a woman and what marriage is really about and how, how it should be and how I did not do it right. So, you know, after the Lord heals the broken people, he then sends them out on a mission. So I got sent out to bring the good news to the hurting, to the people who'd made mistakes or been victims uh, of, of broken marriages like me. And uh, the doors opened, I was able to publish books and I came up with a, I created a beautiful healing 12 video series for parishes. Uh, and then I, I would go around the country speaking. And one day I opened up my email and it was from this guy named Father Joseph Eddy. 
I didn't know who that was, right? And he said he was a Mercedarian friar. Like, What's a Mercedarian? I, I'd never even heard of those guys. Well, long story short, um, they hired me to come out and give a special retreat for the separated and divorced and told me uh, about the Mercedarian order. And I was enthralled, especially when I heard this, the fourth vow. And I know, Anne, you know what I'm talking about. I do. So we know that, that priests and religious take three vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. But the Mercedarians have what they call the fourth vow. And I was like, what is that? And in essence, it's my life for your freedom. And I was like, what? Yes, back in the day when the Muslims were overtaking Europe and trying to kill the Christians, our order, we went to ransom the Christians to save them. And when we ran out of money, we gave ourselves, we offered ourselves, I'm going, my life for your freedom. And I thought, that's what Jesus did for us. That's what Jesus did for me, to pull me out of the slavery of my own ego, my own pursuit of happiness on my own terms. And he saved me. And I was like, I, I got to know more about you guys. I love you guys. Uh, you know, not to mention we went out to dinner and had a good time together and you were there. That's right. I was, it was great. <laughs> and there yeah. was a lot of bonding and I was, it was in my years of ministry to the separated and divorce. This is the first time I'd seen an order who really recognized the damage that divorce does to the culture and wants to rush in and give their lives, give their time, their energies, their prayers, their whole self, my life for your freedom. They want to free families who are in the slavery of pain and sorrow and woundedness from divorce. And I'm like, okay, I'm your girl. You're my guys. That's right. So, sign me up, right? <laughs> uh, sign me up. So we've worked together and I, and you guys made me the vice president of your board. That's right. I say that often. <laughs> I know. And I always say the vice president doesn't really do any work. So that's good. Uh, but I love the Mercedarian order and I love, I love what you guys are doing. So thanks for letting me be a part. Oh, it's, it's such a blessing to us. And really the Holy Spirit was at work in 2015 when the Mercedarians met Rose. And, and as she said, she connected with Father Joseph and also Father Matthew. And, and she came to Florida and to Philadelphia to do these wonderful retreats for uh, those affected by divorce. So here we are during this time of a pandemic where it's a little harder to get out there for events. It's a perfect time for us to do something like this on a podcast. So I would like to invite you who are listening, as before we kind of start into the, the real core of this uh, podcast, is to invite you to connect with our foundation, again, at nonatis.org, and also to Rose, because Rose is a Catholic author, and she has some amazing books, not just for those affected by divorce either. There's a lot of other books there that uh, will help you in your faith life to develop that close relationship with Christ in your walk every day. So you want to you know, go to her website there, Rose. Thanks for thank thanks for bringing that up because as I in my own healing, you know, divorce isn't the real issue. Divorce is always a symptom of deeper issues, and our faith is the answer. We're all looking for happiness. We're all looking for purpose. We're all looking for meaning. Um, and so I've been able to write again past the divorce issues to what we're really looking for: happiness and romance and how do we do relationships right? You know, now that we've blown it over here, how do we move forward and do it right? So, yep, I have books. Thank you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So thank you, Rose. And uh, I want to make a shout out to two uh, uh, broadcasters, uh, radio hosts that we are uh, deeply involved with who are helping us to promote this podcast. First, that would be Fiat Ministry Network on Facebook, Kent Kalhoski, Jennifer Sinclair, uh, for the great work. Uh, Kent is the producer. And Kent, we thank you so much for putting this out on social media and Jennifer help, for helping to do so. Uh, please like Fiat Ministry Network. They have some beautiful Catholic programming every day. 
Uh, they, a lot of times they also uh, broadcast the masses online. So we, we, we really do hope that you will connect with them as well as Patchwork Heart Ministry. That is Bill Snyder, who is the founder. He has some uh, wonderful podcasts for Catholics, families, and even something called Discover Your Mission, which is a monthly subscription program through Patreon that you want to check out by going to YouTube at Patchwork Heart Ministry, and then look for Discover Your Mission. So we thank you, Bill, and just are thrilled to be here with Rose on this evening. And so we're going to hop right into these 12 steps to a new life. So Rose, I'll, I'll give it to you at this point. Well, we're going to cover these 12 steps in the next 30, 40 minutes or so. Uh, and then we'll, we'll, are we going to take a little break, a little breather in between uh, and just recollect where we've been? Oh, sure. What Anytime. I time. What I decided to do is take the 12 week video series called Surviving Divorce that is in parishes all around and address each of those show topics on the, of the videos because they are the beginning to the end of the healing journey. It, we can't cover every little tiny issue, but this is a good overview uh, tonight. And then our next podcast will go into detail about how do I help my kids? What do I do about dating again? Uh, I dating? I never want to look at another man or woman again, you know? We'll, we'll, we'll dive in deeper, but tonight we're going to give it a nice overview. overview. <clears throat> so the first step to getting through divorce healing is getting your bearings. What that means is when you first find out you're getting divorced or it, you know, it hits you, you're in shock. We all know medical shock. Um, it's disbelief. It's, it's rage. It's fury. It's a, it's a cycle of losing your bearings. You can't sleep. You can't eat. You, maybe you can't cry. Uh, <clears throat> shock is a normal. Um, can we edit this? Okay. Well, denial, denial and shock helps soften the fear. Um, it helps you slow down and put everything on hold so you can get your bearings. You know, you, when you're in shock after a car accident or something like that, you, you can't, you can't think right. So why should you be making any decisions about your life, your family, your kid, your money, anything when you're not thinking right? So expect to go into shock. Don't let it surprise you or scare you. Uh, and you will go, you might go back into shock, you know, three months down the road, you'll find yourself feeling shocked and in disbelief again. It's just part of the normal process. You've been in shock, haven't you? Oh, I have. Yes. Thank you. You're, and I'm the adult child of divorce. So it's a little different for me on, on my end of the spectrum. Uh, my parents divorced when I was a young kid. But yes, there's always that shock in life when there's family breakup. So in that way, I can understand being on, on the, the side of the child. And yeah. And we're, we're going to cover that in depth. We're really going to go into how divorce uh, affects the child and what, what you can do it as a parent, as a friend, and as a family member. Um, and there is a lot you can do. There is hope. So to be continued on that one. Um, one of I know that you should do initially when you go through any kind of shock like that is stop trying to be there for everybody else. You know, we get in of, I got to be the mom, I got to be the dad, I got to be the helper, I got to be the fixer. But when you're bleeding, you, you have to stop that and let other hand to you. So the kids don't have uh, breakfast on time for three weeks. Big deal. Like in the greater scheme of eternity, um, that stuff is not going to matter. So it's a time to really pull in and focus on getting, getting your own bearing. That's how you can help your kids best. That makes sense, right? Oh, it does. Yeah. And, and um, I, I have, of course, people that I know who have been through divorce and just listening to what you're saying, I know that I've seen it myself. And even with the many people that we've helped through the foundation, uh, it's, it's good advice for, for them. 
Okay, so first of all, number one, getting your bearings. And some number two should be finding strength and health. And we know where our strength comes right away. As Catholic Christians, it is in God himself. So throw up the prayers, even if it's just one word like help or ack or ick or ugh or or, or even if it's a guttural scream, that is a form of prayer. And God hears that. And as scripture says, he's close to the brokenhearted. So first go to God, whether you feel he can be trusted or not. I, I know a lot of people, and Anne, I'm sure you do too. Why did God let this happen? Where was God? Where is God? They don't feel like praying to God sometimes because they feel like he should have prevented this. Absolutely. So the same the, the saints have told us, look, it doesn't matter whether you feel like you can trust him or feel like he's there or not. You know he is. Come on. You know he is. Just be obedient in your will. Your emotions are going to go up and down. That's okay. Lord, I don't feel you. I don't even know if I like you right now. But I do believe in you, and I need your help. So that's that, the, that's, that's the good that's very good, Rose, because I know that when people are suffering, suffering is a difficult thing. And, and, and especially for people of faith, because we believe in a God who loves us. And sometimes when we see these things happen in our lives, we kind of scratch our head and say, why me? Uh, so I think you put that very beautifully for our listeners. Well, and the other thing too, as friends or family of somebody going through divorce, we should never say, oh, you shouldn't feel like that. Oh, God loves you. Yes. We should allow the person to feel abandoned or feel confused. You know, feelings aren't facts, but we have them. So let's not add more, let's not dump more shame onto the separated or divorced person for feeling abandoned or feeling angry at God. Um, or, you know, let's just not, let's keep the shoulds out of it. Even though I just told you what you should do. <laughs> Exactly. Very good. Very good. So the I other thing I, go people, ahead. I was, Rose, excuse me. I just would invite people, uh, feel free to take notes because Rose is giving these 12 steps to a new life. And, and if you want to jot it down on your phone or listen to this podcast again, to make sure you get those. But remember, we're going to be coming back for, for each of these steps. There's going to be a podcast. So, right. Right. Thank right. you. We're, Thanks for letting me interrupt. No, no, no. You, anytime. Um, the next thing I would do under finding strength and health is please don't go talk to a million people about your divorce. You're going to get a million opinions and be more confused than ever. Um, it's natural to, you know, as a, when a little kid falls down to go, look, mommy, my owie, look, daddy, look, Billy, look, Susie, my owie. I mean, we we're we're filled with self-pity um, and we want to talk to everybody and we want to get everybody's sympathy. but. What we need to do is have one or two or maybe three good, close confidants who love God and are faith-filled people who, when they listen to us, they're not going to say, yeah, you should get rid of him or her. Well, it's about time, you know. No, we don't need that. So pull back, exercise a little self-control in this tough time, and only talk to really trusted people. On the other hand, don't keep it all in. A lot of people by nature just, they interiorize everything, internalize everything, and they don't talk. And it builds and then it blows. Um, so if you don't have a trusted person to really talk about honestly what's, what you're going through, pray for that and look for it. Um, don't yeah. assume, and here's the thing. I love our church. I love our priests. I love our, I love everybody in our church. I love being Catholic, but it doesn't mean that you can go down to your local parish and find qualified support. You might even find confusing and conflicting advice at your parish. It's just because the parish is full of people and people are not perfect. The beautiful thing is today with the internet and social media, you have access to solid, faithful resources. So, uh, you know, poke around, listen to your gut, uh, 
talk to your trusted friend. If you have a spiritual director, which is another thing we can have a whole podcast on. Don't just go, just don't, just don't go to somebody who says they're Catholic and think that you're going to get, be getting the truth. That was a sad and scary thing to me, but it's the reality. You're very right? right. Oh, absolutely. Because if you think about it at your own parish, even if it's a very large parish, when you compare that to uh, people that you can connect with on the internet who, you know, from some of the Catholic groups or, or organization, organizations similar to, to this one, to the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation, uh, you're going to find people who are more in that same, uh, you know, I don't want to say the same boat, but the same kind of mindset that you're in right now who are, are good, as you said, good, solid Catholic uh, people who can empathize and listen and be walking with you as you go through this. It's a, t- it's a tough tension to be <clears throat> compassionate, understanding, loving, and not let people get away with thoughts or behaviors that would lead them to hell. I mean, that's the reality. And it's, we have to call people to accountability to a higher way of living and going through this tough time, but we have to do it kindly and lovingly and patiently. Um, And that's where we, who are helpers in this area, we need prayers and grace too. So if you're listening and you are one of those people who are trying to help somebody going through this, um, pray, pray for that balance. Thank you. Are you ready for, are you ready for number three? Sure. Okay, number three is getting through your anger. Now, we all have a desire for justice, good, and peace, right? That's because we're made in the image of God, and God is all those things. He is perfect justice. He is perfect peace. He's, he's everything that's right and good. So we desire that. And when we, but, but we're like kids and we don't get it, we get mad and we stomp our feet and we sometimes get vengeful. So the desire for justice, the desire for, for somebody to stick to their vows in a marriage, for the courts to be fair, those desires are good. But when they don't happen, we can't fall into bitterness. Anger is a natural response, the church teaches us. It's, you know, to injustice. If somebody comes and slaps you really hard, you can get angry and shocked and angry, but then you, do, you let go of that anger quickly and you let it move you to right action, like get out of their way. Or if they're coming to get your kids, you know, you, you respond to protect your family, yourself or your family. Anger isn't necessarily a sin. It's what we do with anger. It's how long we hold on to anger. It's like anger... Remember that movie? What was that movie back in the 80s or 90s about those little creatures? When they got wet, they turned oh into gosh. monsters. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, somebody, listening, know. <laughs> somebody listening knows the answers. But gremlins, anyway, gremlins. Gremlins, gremlins. It's, anger is like a gremlin. You know, there's righteous anger. Even We know Jesus got angry. But he didn't let the water of self-centeredness and bitterness and revenge turn it into a monster. It was very short-lived, and anger is meant to move us toward, toward action. There's a verse in Hebrews that says that bitterness hurts us and defiles many. Bitterness is horrible. Who wants to be around bitterness? Can I make a comment, if I could, Rose? Yeah. As, if, as being the director of this foundation for a couple of years now, two and a half years, I would say the number one area that I see as the director with our support groups and calls. And uh, that would be probably number one that I see uh, as, as being the director of this foundation. Uh, bitterness is an area that all need to work on. Uh, the, it, it, it can't, you can't help it sometimes, but it's, it attacks. And it's so huge. thank you for bringing that up. Well, and, and I know if we go further into scripture and we read that we will be transformed from all those bad things by the renewing of our mind, St. Paul says in Romans. So the renewal has to take place in the way we think, not the way we feel. So how are we thinking about marriage, about life, about God, about why we're even here, about how long we're even here? How important is our marriage in the internal 
in eternity, in the scheme of big scheme of eternity. It's important, but are we going to let it rob us of every joy and grace that God wants to give us? So again, I'm not diminishing the horrors of marriage, but we have to begin to think again through in a Catholic mindset of the bigger picture of who we are, who God is, and what he's promised us. That's what we're going to dive into a little more deeply into in a future podcast. That's exciting. So, so that we're not so angry all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think if, don't you, I mean, look, look right now in our culture, anger, we got gremlins everywhere. Yes. They used to be cute little fluffy people and now they are furious. So anger is very, very destructive. If if allowed to go to run amok. So that's, well, that's what we'll be helping people with dealing with their anger. Thank you. So getting your bearings, finding strength and help, getting through your anger. And the next one, number four, this is the first four of the 12. This is about your emotions. This order is we're going to help stabilize your emotions. And then we'll move into things like custody and visitation and dating again and all that. You've got to get your emotions stable. So shock and denial and finding somebody to hang on to, dealing with your anger. And the next one, number four, is dealing with depression. Amen. When you've been depressed, mm -hmm. we all can get depressed. From a mild depression to can't get out of bed and eat and sleep and function. Yes, that's so true. So depression by itself is not necessarily a bad thing. Again, I always use this car accident analogy and you get in a horrible car accident. You're just, your, your body is like beat to all get out, right? Your body gets depressed. It's not functioning. You're, you don't, you're not hungry. You go down, down, down into a low, low, low mode of functioning so that your body can begin to heal and repair. That's a form of medical depression that's absolutely necessary for healing. It's saying, stop, stop all the activity. We got to focus in on healing. Uh, and that's what normal depression, emotional depression is too. Like I'm overwhelmed. I'm bombarded with emotions. I can't function. And down, down, down you go. But if you don't get healing, you, you'll stay down. So to be depressed, get rid of the shame. Get rid of the guilt. Depression can be normal and it can actually be necessary. The problem is, again, back to the way we think, we're thinking everything is bad and I have no power and God is not really going to help me and the end is the end is near and I'll never be happy again. We got to help people through their depression by healing the way they think. And that's where God brings his grace to open our eyes, our minds, our hearts and our brains to remember remember what life is all about. You know, in working with divorced people especially in the annulment process where people have to go back and tell their whole life story. Sometimes I find out that a lot of people who went through divorce have been clinically and even if mildly depressed since childhood. Wow. Have you ever noticed that? Yes, I have noticed that. And, and I, and for those who are listening on this podcast, we're praying for you. We continue to pray for you all the time because it, it is difficult when you have that family breakup, and a lot of times, sometimes I would say, uh, those who get divorced when they're older were children of divorce too. That can happen. Right. And there's still right. some, as you say, wounds from, from that time of their life that they're still carrying with them. Right. And so that's the, that's the other tough thing about divorce. And it's not just your family that fell apart. It, it, it's a big crack wide open that all the stuff that you've been carrying maybe your whole life now it comes up through that crack. So it's not just divorce, it's now you're middle-aged. Now you're no longer beautiful or virile. Now your kids are gone or whatever. It, it's all the fears, all the worries, uh, and all the feelings of childhood 
I mean, it, it can be horrible. So get help, get help, yes. get help, get help. Thank you. Rose. So, you know, and here we are going, we got to go through these quickly, but let me just repeat the first four. Getting your bearings, finding strength and help, getting through your anger and dealing with depression. Only when you can kind of stabilize those can you move into the next four of our 12. And those are, I got to deal with the practical things right away. I got to deal with my family, dealing with your family. Kids need a stable parent. Maybe the other parent isn't stable, but you can't, and you're not feeling very stable either. But that's the best thing to do for your kids is for you to stabilize yourself first. It's not selfish to take care of yourself first. If your kids are depending on you, you're going to be no use to them in your bed for three days with the curtains closed. You know, they're not going to be eating pancakes morning, noon, and night that they made, you know, forever. To help your kids, you've got to get yourself stabilized. And that's a very good word, Rose. I just want to say that it's a clinical word. I mean, it's a word that therapists use, but it's also good for us to hear that because the spiritual world does intersect with the, the world of psychology and our brains. Because Rose, you used uh, the mention of, of our brain. And you know, your brain has to be healed too because you've been through so much. It's almost like that post-traumatic stress at times for some going through the divorce and the after effects of it. Right. Thank and you. and thanks for bringing that up too, because when we talk about depression, and we'll do this later, it's okay to take meds for a while if you need it. I mean, this you're right. We are integrated body and soul. And what affects one affects the other. And sometimes we need prayer and sometimes we need meds. And most of the time we need both. Mm. So Dealing with your family um, is, again, take care of yourself first if you want to help the kids. Keep your routine the best you can, but don't kill yourself to be the perfect parent. That's the other um, thing that I see is like, now we go into competition with the parent who left or the parent who divorced us or whatever. Now we're going to be the good parent and we're going to do everything perfect and right. And it's like, well, we kill ourselves. Uh, build, 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 blow, blow, blow. So, right. I, I know I can, the, our listeners can't see you like I can on, uh, we're using zoom, but I can see you nodding your head. I'm nodding my head. Yeah. Because, uh, on that topic, I think sometimes now every divorce and separation situation is different. Right. But right. sometimes when you have one parent that becomes Superman or Superwoman that can also cause a problem for the children as they don't develop that relationship with the other parent. Now I know there are situations of abuse that that's whole, that's a whole different story, you know, when, right. and, when and you're that's dealing not... with an abusive uh, uh, parent or something, you know, but if they're not, you become Superman or Superwoman. And then as things progress with time, you know, that creates this competition through life, you know, and that's not good either. So thanks Rose for bringing that up. Yeah, no. And again, uh, you know, obviously anybody listening knows that the, the layers and layers and layers of issues that this causes are endless. Uh, and that's why we want to address as many as we can. Um, the other thing I would say, and we'll talk about this, is when it comes to visitation, be generous. Don't be stingy. Don't be nitpicky. Um, we, generosity opens everybody's heart. Uh, so we'll talk about how to do that when you, after divorce, when you're dealing with your kids and your family. The next one is uh, hard for a lot of people, but we have to begin to address it somewhere. And that is learning to forgive. You don't have to feel like forgiving. You have to forgive, if, if, at least in your will. And, and we hear this all the time. Lord, I actually sometimes wish that person was dead. I don't like them, but I know I should forgive and I want to forgive. I don't know how to forgive. Help me forgive. That's a perfect prayer. That's an honest prayer. That's a real prayer. Now, if you find yourself saying that prayer for five years in a row, you're kind of, in, you're indulging yourself and you're probably not making use of the grace that God is sending you. So we want to give you a little room for the difficulties of forgiveness, but at the same time, it's a commandment. It's in the Our Father. 
if, if we don't forgive others, we make it impossible for God to forgive us. So Amen. Uh, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty powerful thing. Uh, we'll, we'll be talking in the future about what forgiveness is and what it isn't. Because I can forgive somebody and still not like or trust them. And that's very perfectly Catholic and common sense. Uh, the next one is handling money wisely. You know, money is power. And money is a way to get comfort and pleasure and even purpose. So it's a very powerful in a relationship. Uh, and that seems to be, you know, people think, well, we got divorced because of money or our big problem is money. No, it's not money. Money's the symptom. It's your fear of not having what you want that would make you happy. So we talk about how to handle money wisely. One of the good things about divorce, and there are some that can come from this evil, is that people who have not been good spenders or good organizers or who have never lived on a budget realize, uh-oh, I better get on a budget because the world just fell out from under my feet and I don't want to live like that. So we help people learn what a budget really is. It's not that scary. It's not taking away all your fun. You know, budget kind of has a bad connotation to it, doesn't it? It does, especially what, in our culture with credit cards and Venmo and everything like that. Um, right. A budget yeah. means you can't have any fun or buy anything that you like anymore. Amen. Well, that, that's not it. So we'll talk about that. This is a big challenge to a lot of people, but if you can live without child support, if you can create a budget, a comfortable life for you and your children, and not have to rely on the child support, and put that instead in a college fund or a savings fund, that frees you from the bitterness, the attachment, and the anger of always waiting for that check. And always saying, well, your father didn't send his money this month or it's late. I mean, come on. Yes, so absolutely. We'll get into that too. So we're now we're in the second four of the 12 and um, we've got a, we're, we're going along here. So after you stabilize your emotions, we're learning to deal with the practical ways to deal with the family, learning to begin learning to forgive and handling money wisely. Now, before we move on to the next one, I want to talk about provision. Providing for your kids is not a sign of good parenting. Do you agree with that? Okay. I would ask you to repeat it again. So in other words, providing for your kids is not a good sign. You said. It's not, it's not a sign of good it's not a parenting. Because think about a parent who gives everything to the child and it's not emotionally available or is emotionally abusive or shaming. So we've got to, we've got to start thinking again about things that we haven't thought about just because I provide well for my kids doesn't mean I am being a good parent. It can be part of it. I like how you put it Rose, because at first when I'm thinking provided for, I wasn't immediately thinking financial or or quote stuff things right because they could be providing a good relationship wise or whatever but now that you said providing meaning material goods uh money things that you need yeah i i agree with that completely well you can't buy I, love you can't and of course there's a song about that but you can't buy uh, love right you, can't. you or or faith or morals or stability mm -hmm. um or virtue and that's the thing, even families who never experienced divorce, sometimes dad or mom loses their job and they come home and go, well, kids, you can't go to summer camp. You can't have this. We're not going to have Christmas or whatever, but we love you. We love the Lord, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's good parenting. It's actually good parenting to say, no, we are not buying this for you. So Talk to again, my kids, they know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know mine too. Mine too. <laughs> I love saying no with a smile. It's, with a so, smile. <laughs> it's so empowering. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. The parenting really, um, maybe parenting that we should have been um, doing before the divorce. But the divorce gives us an opportunity to take another look at how we lived, um, at how we looked at things and how we uh, were in our relationships and, and to improve them. So handling money wisely gives way to the next step, which is learning to let go. 
this really is kind of tucked in between the 12, but it's probably, it may be number one of all. It, this is the Catholic principle of detachment. The saints and the mystics have told us for ages that the whole reason we're here, the whole secret to happiness, the whole meaning of life is moving away from things and moving toward God, union with God. It's that simple and that hard. And learning to let go means you begin to know the Lord, trust him more, and be willing to suffer, be willing to experience loss without bitterness, and to be detached, to, to hold things lightly. Yes, I want a pretty house, I, and I'm going to do what I can to have it. But if I can't have it, I'm not going to turn into a gremlin. A gremlin. Right. Well, going that back... That's the yeah. theme that's emerging here, huh? It is. And I would just add, Rose, that when you brought up depression and that some good can come out of depression, as difficult as that is to hear, I know in my own experience that what you learn during depression is uh, the value of your life, despite all of these material things in your life, or even, you know, friends that come and go, things like that, you know, you realize that, you know, you have a legacy with God. And that's more important than all of these other things. Okay, I love that you brought this up because we tend to polarize. It's either black or white. And this is what children do in early stages of thinking. Psychologists have told us about the, between the age, I think seven, six, seven, and eight, and 10, 12, everything is all good or all bad. And I think because we're, as a culture, we're still pretty adolescent. Uh, we're still thinking that way, all good or all bad. <clears throat> and relationships are good, but they're not greater than God. We can lose a relationship with our child. We can lose a relationship with our spouse. We can lose a relationship with a family member, and it could be horribly painful, but we can't let it be the end of our world or give it so much weight that we lose sight of the most perfect love, the most perfect relationship that we have, that we always have, that we came from and that we're going to. It doesn't diminish the pain. And this is not, I'm not saying, if, if I'm saying God over here, I'm not saying, oh, your relationships don't matter. That's polarized thinking. That's black and white. No, of course they matter. Of course your marriage matters. Of course your children. But not like God. That's the thing that it's hard to wrap our mind around, and that's where the church helps us remember. Yes. So learning, learning to let go. So are you ready to go into the last four? I am. I'm sure our listeners are too. Stay with us. So. We're talking about the 12 steps to divorce recovery, healing from divorce, and just a global overview of uh, you have to start first with stabilizing your emotions so you can think properly. Then you have to deal with the immediate things, food, clothing, shelter, money, courts, vis custody, visitation. Okay. After that, though, now you're going to start looking out to the future. Where am I going? What's going to happen to me? Do I long for love? Do I long for reconciliation with my husband or wife? Is that possible? What can I do to make that happen? Uh, is it over? How am I going to live in the future? Am I going to be single forever? How do I feel about that? What kind of love do I want? Do I have all the love I need right now? Or am I looking for something else? Those are deep and profound questions that every person will be, hopefully, not numbing themselves or distracting themselves to let those questions emerge and, and to give them the attention they, they deserve. Romance, and I wrote a wonderful book on this. You did. Website. Romance that we long for really is a doorway into the greater mystical divine romance that God invites all of us into. All the longings that we have to be seen and to be adored and 
cherished and valued and loved and warts and all. We look for that in another person, but God is saying, that's how I see you. I see your warts and I love you. I love you. Come to me. And we don't know that sometimes and we don't trust it. And we want, we don't, we want something we can taste and touch and see right now. So we put too much weight into earthly romance. But earthly romance, let me just say it, is good, good, good. It's the doorway into the perfect romance. So we will be talking in the future about romance is not what you need right now. But it is what you desire because God put that desire in you for perfect love. So let that desire lead you to that perfect love, not to Joe at the bar next weekend with your girlfriend, right? Yeah. Had to be said, Rose. Yeah. It does. It does have to be said. Thank you. Said. Especially since I made that stupid mistake myself. If I could just, oh God, if I could just find a nice man this time who really, the kind of man I always wanted, then I'd be happy. Well, wrong. I had a lot of growing up to do. So hopefully people are benefiting from my mistakes and the beauty and the truth of the church teaching. So seeing God in romance is, is a number, what number? This is 12, 11. This is number nine. Seeing God in romance and understanding what romance really is, what those deep desires for love and union and even sexual satisfaction, what's really behind those deep desires. It's pretty beautiful and mind-blowing. And the church has the answers. Okay, so the next one, uh, after seeing God in romance, is deciding about dating. Okay. Have you run into people who are really upset about the whole issue of dating after divorce? I have run into people, well, our Catholic friends who are very devoted to their faith and and i um commend them for their deep relationship with christ i know that sometimes within our our catholic faith you know that's a question that whether that annulment once it goes through some that question that you know should you be getting married again because maybe annulments really don't mean anything and the bishop gave you that annulment and he shouldn't have that kind of thing Oh, I don't know if that's where you were going with it, but that's no, that no, but that, into my head. That no, you know what? That is something I hear as well. Here, here's the thing: we all want people to be happy, but we all want people to be holy. So we have the people who want people to be happy over here going, "Well, you know, God understands. You don't need to follow those rules because we want people to be happy." Over here on the other side, polarized, are the ones. No, you have to be holy. You cannot do that. You must not do that. You're going to burn in hell. The bishop can't do that. You know, blah, blah, blah. And they go to an extreme too. The truth and the reality is in the middle. And it means you are married in the eyes of God. That's right. Until and unless you can go to a competent tribunal in your area and have the church come alongside you and take a look at what happened and why your marriage fell apart and help you understand where you stand in the eyes of the church and in the eyes of God. Let's face it. We don't like to hear it, but Jesus did give those keys to Peter. Amen. We the church has authority over us. Now there's some nut jobs in the church. I admit. Okay. But there's some good, wise, holy people still. And that's the church. You're laughing. I can tell. Yes. <clears throat> It's all good. It's all good. And I would just add that if you go to the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation website, we do have some videos on annulment if you have questions, because the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation believes what the church teaches on that area. So I just want to make sure I emphasize that uh, what we just said, that you, there are people who do say, you know, when can I date again? I've, I've been divorced and I'm getting an annulment. Uh, you know, so, so I'm just inviting well, well, you to, to check well, out our web, our videos on the topic of annulment. 
Well, let's answer that right now. Yes, people are going to have a response to it, but they can tune in later to get more detail. You are married, and until and unless you receive the declaration of nullity from the church. Okay. Married people don't date. Married people don't Amen. go out for coffee. Married people don't just have to have same sex friends so they can feel attractive again. You know, that is, again, this is what I said you have a deep hunger and the way of thinking is if i can only find somebody who will see me as desirable i'll feel better about myself and i'll be happy again i need to be happy again and i agree you do need to be happy again but that's a quick fix that's going to hurt you quick fix hurt, yes hurt other people in the long run yes so it's Thank just you, like you know when your kid has tonsillitis and they're in a tonsillectomy and they come home, they're not allowed to eat anything but ice chips and maybe ice cream. They're hungry for McDonald's. No, there's nothing wrong with McDonald's. Well, in theory. <laughs> but after the trauma of a tonsillectomy, they don't eat hamburger. They're gonna hurt themselves even worse. So that's what the church is saying. We know what you need right now. We know you're hungry, but let us help you find ways to feed that hunger that will not hurt you and will not hurt other people. So deciding about dating, then the last two, and these are really beautiful. Again, these are from our Surviving Divorce video series. This is where we brought separated and divorced people in front of the camera. And at, by the end of this series, after we covered all these topics, we asked them, how was it to go back to the sacraments after being away or after all this? People cried. People were sobbing and smiling and beaming with joy. Marriage is an icon of this intimacy that we were made, met, made for with God. And let the brokenness, let the, let the failure of the marriage remind you that you were made for marriage. You were made for intimate union with God himself. And he invites you into that in the sacraments. He wants you to come with your pain and your garbage into the sacrament of reconciliation. And he wants to make love to you there in a certain sense and say, I see it. I get it. Yes, it was wrong. And I don't want you to do that again. And I'm going to give you the graces now to make you beautiful, to strengthen you so that you can continue in union with me. That's what the sacrament of confession is. That's embracing the sacraments. That's number 11. Number 12, finding love that lasts. That's the total healing from divorce or any other such trauma, finding love that lasts. And that's finding that it is Jesus who we were made for, Jesus who we long for, Jesus who calls us into intimate, intimate union. And he wants to give himself not only spiritually, spiritually but in a physical way in the Holy Eucharist. He is saying, come to me, come to me, open up, open yourselves wide, your mind, your heart, your soul, open up and allow me to enter into you and become one with you, one with you, melt into me, lose yourself in me. You will never really lose yourself, just as husband and wife, when they make love, they don't lose themselves. They lose themselves in a certain sense, but they, re they retain who they are. And our Lord is saying in the sacraments, come to me and experience the freedom, the joy, the direction, the purpose, the love, the beauty, the goodness, the truth that you were made for. That's our faith. And that's the beauty that I have seen over the last three decades of people who've gone through divorce if they will allow that brokenness to break wider and allow the Lord to come into that wound, they're gonna be changed. They're gonna be transformed forever. 
And that is the best gift they can give their children. To see that their children, to see that transformation, that healing, that beauty, that stability. It's all good. It's good to be Catholic. Amen. That was absolutely beautiful. And you, you talked about that in such a way that it invites all of us. Being Catholic is truly a sacramental life. Mm-hmm. And the gift of the Holy Eucharist and the gifts of all of the sacraments of the church are, are your treasure. And even if you are going through a separation or divorce, I want to say now that the Catholic Church wants you to stay with us. We do not wish for you to leave. That is what Rose Sweet is all about in her mission and in the St. Raymond Anatus Foundation. Because we are all about families in crisis. We are all about helping you to stay with the church and to know that we are accompanying you. That is our, our tagline. The tagline of the St. Raymond Anatus Foundation is spiritual accompaniment for families in crisis. Now that also includes those affected by divorce. So we are here for you. Um, now, Rose, can you, before we end, I know that you do personal appointments for people who want to talk to you about the, what they're going through. Maybe you can tell them about that if you would. Thank you, Anne. Um, I take such great delight in this. I'm a, a certified coach. I can do life coaching. Now, let's say, Anne, that you and your husband had divorced many years ago, and you've gone through your issues, your kids are grown, and you're feeling a little restless and you want to know what to do moving forward. And maybe you still have some problems with your ex-husband, who knows? Or you're trying to help your kids with uh, issues from the divorce that are coming up. We can do life coaching for you. We can take a look at all the areas of your life, create a plan and get everything the way you want it. We can dream about what's next, what's next. Or if your husband, and I know your husband, he would never do this to you or I would kill him. Um, let's say he just dumped the news on you last week that he's leaving you. Okay. That would be a specialized form of coaching. That's like an emergency. Uh, I, I also have a certification in disaster recovery coaching, which is you're going through a disaster, how to get stabilized and how to get to a place where you can dream again and, and have a lot, have a life that is rich and abundant. Jesus wants us to have the abundant life but that doesn't mean a lot of cash That's right. or a lot or even a lot of, <laughs> or a lot of sex. It means abundance in a, in a whole different way. So that's what I love to do. So you just go to my website, rosesweet.com forward slash coaching, and you can find more uh, out more about it. It's an investment in your future. I can't say enough good. And I would invite all of our listeners to please go and do that because you will get the best help. Now, as far as the St. Raymond Donatus Foundation, we offer uh, appointments with our spiritual moderator. He is listening to this broadcast right now. His name is Father Ken Breen. He is located up in uh, Western New York at Our Lady of Mercy in St. Bridget's Parishes. Uh, Father Ken is always willing to talk about anything that you need to talk about related to these topics. Uh, you can email me, Ann DeSantis, at director.srnf at gmail.com. Again, we are nonatis.org. We can also do online appointments with Father Ken and myself. If you want to do a conference call, we'd be willing to talk about any issues that, um, that you have. So please do reach out to us as well. This has been so wonderful, Rose, and I'm excited. I'm so excited about these 12 steps that we're going to go into more detail next month. And again, we meet the first Tuesday of every month, 8 p.m. Eastern time. It is a one-hour podcast. It is on demand. Thank you immensely to our friends at Patchwork Heart Radio, Bill Snyder, and at Fiat Ministry Network, Kent Kohoski. Uh, please like uh, Fiat Ministry Network on Facebook and subscribe to Patchwork Heart Ministry on YouTube. And I can't forget to say subscribe to Philly Nonatus on YouTube. And make sure that you click the little bell on YouTube because then you'll get all of the notifications when Rose is back again. So we appreciate you, Rose. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you very much. And you guys are all great. Um, God bless you for your work. And I will see you next time. Yes, we will see you next time. Everyone have a great month and God bless. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 
For more information about the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, visit nonatus.org or email director.srnf at gmail.com. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.